Welcome to One Tired Teacher, episode 27. Teachers, is college really for everyone? That's the question that I'm going to be discussing today on today's show. And I'm thinking that a lot of us as teachers are going to answer that as a yes, because we have we have come to believe that college, being college and career ready is the answer for the next generation. But I want to challenge our thinking today. And I want to think about if we are sending the wrong message. Is that possible? All right, so it gets pretty intense today, but I hope you stick around. Welcome to One Tired Teacher. And even though she may need a nap, this teacher is ready to wake up and speak her truth about the trials and treasures of teaching. Here she is, wide awake. Wait, she's not asleep right now, is she? She, she is awake, right? Okay. From Trina Debery Teaching and Learning, your host, Trina Debery. Hey. All right. So today, yes, it does get a little bit intense. About a year ago, almost exactly a year ago, my 19-year-old daughter currently was 18, and she was just graduating from high school. It was a pretty exciting time in our house for that moment. Not that we didn't expect it, because she actually graduated in the top 10% of her class. She was totally on the honors track, as well as really digging in deep. She wanted to be a, a bright future scholar, and she wanted she had hopes of going to college and she'd had, she picked out the colleges she wanted to go to and she had applied. She took the SAT and that's when we got the news that the SAT score was just kind of average. And in the state in which I live, which is Florida, it's not okay to have an average SAT score. Your SAT score has to be excellent in order to get into college. You have to have above a 4.0 and the community service hours, and an outstanding SAT score. She had all of those things except for the score. It was a really, um, I don't even know how to say it, emotional blow, I think, is probably the perfect way. It was a very hard pill for our family to swallow. She had always planned on going to college. We actually paid for her Florida prepaid college plan. And we did the same thing for my son. And it was, you know, a planned experience. Yet we had something standing in the way. And of course, she could go to a community college, and then go from there. But the problem is that my daughter, Emily, she's never been one to take a traditional path. Like she tries to take a traditional path, but she always is is wanting something more, something that goes beyond that. Now, she is an incredible young lady, and she is definitely a teenager that doesn't really prepare you for, for being a teenager. You know what you expect and what you think is going to happen. You're going to have this hard time with them during this turbulent years, and it's just going to be, you know, a difficult up and down path, but it wasn't like that with Emily. Emily was so good. And she didn't want to do things that other kids wanted to do. She didn't want to be in trouble. And she wanted to ha like hold on to what she believed was right and wrong. 
which often left her very lonely. Was it was it was really hard to watch that part of it because friends and um even other family members, they didn't under quite understand why she wasn't going through like the typical teenage things. So then when this college thing happened, it was like, it was like, it was a very hard thing to, to deal with in the beginning. But as time went on, we started to realize that she maybe wasn't meant to be on that path. And so that's what I want to talk to you about a little bit today, because I did write a blog post last year titled, how the current education system and I failed my child, because I did feel like I failed my child. And I was an educator and a teacher and I had gone to college, I'd even got my master's degree. And I loved learning, I loved going to school. But I felt like maybe I had somehow failed her when she didn't, she didn't get the scores she needed to, to be able to go to the colleges that she wanted to. And again, like community college wasn't, wasn't something that we snubbed our noses at. We didn't feel that it was that she was above that. It's just that when you have a specific dream, and it doesn't come true because of one thing that 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 kind of defines you, it's a really hard thing to accept, which is exactly how she felt. And the other problem was that she wasn't 100% sure about what she wanted to do. She didn't know what she wanted to do in college. And the reason that she had chosen the university, which was actually Florida State University, the reason she had chosen that school was because they had a program called a discovery program, which allowed their incoming freshmen to take like a variety of different things and help them really determine a path for themselves, which is was so appealing to Emily. Well, the college that she did get accepted to, she did actually get accepted to the University of Florida on their online program. But they wanted to know what your what you had to choose a major right away immediately upon entering. Well, this was really hard for her because she didn't know what she wanted to do. And so she started to almost become disgruntled with the system that had somewhat failed her. She was definitely one of those kids that you kind of overlooked because she'd worked so hard and because she was so kind and sweet that you didn't notice that there may have been a struggle along the way and that things were not as easy as they seemed to be for her. And even for me, even as her parent, I feel like I may have missed sometimes the struggle that she was in and the pressure that she put on herself and the intense beating almost that her self-esteem was taking in some of these situations. And I think that's where we have to really look at what is going on in our society and what we're doing as educators and even as a society as far as telling kids that their only option is to be college and career ready. And we're not and the career part, we're not even focusing on like traditional jobs. We're not focusing on trades. We're not focusing on other ways of doing things. We're not focusing on entrepreneurship. We're not focusing on any of those outside of the box, don't fit in one way of thinking types of jobs and careers in that aspect. We're talking about being a professional and we're talking about going to school. We're talking about following all the rules and checking all the boxes and fitting inside the box. And so what happens to our kids that don't fit inside the box? And that's what I want to think about today. Now, I want to share the the letter that I wrote to her last year and even what I've kind of told myself because I think it's important to actually 
hear it again. And I think it's important to think about some of the messages that we contribute to as teachers and educators. And I and I know for me, I am 100% guilty of acting like this is the only answer, that college is the only answer, and even feeling for a while like I, I did fail as a parent. I don't see failure the same as, as everybody else. I don't think it's the end of the world. Sometimes I think it's just the doors closed in one way to open in another. So now I'm going to share with you my letter to my daughter, but I want to tell you a little bit of the information in advance um, because I just feel like it's an important thing to, to put out there. And and if whether you agree with me or disagree with me, I want you to think about the message that we're sending kids and and what 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 it really means and if we we don't want the one thing I know none of us want as educators we don't want to put a heavy burden on people on children to feel like their only measure is based on how well are they perform in school so I think that's one thing that we that most of us can agree on So it is no secret that the current state of education is in crisis. No matter who is looking, teachers, administrators, parents, and politicians, we are at an all-time low in our education programs. Teacher shortages are becoming a national crisis. The depression and anxiety rate in children has risen in the past two decades beyond what we could have ever imagined. There are opt-out movements taking place across the country, Parents are finally becoming aware and are not okay with what we are doing, but the change is slow. Will it be in time to repair the damage already done? So why is this happening? How is the current education system failing our children? It is happening because we have it wrong. We have built a system based on conformity, competition, and compliance, and it isn't working. In fact, it is failing miserably. It only takes a quick internet search to find dismal statistics on American literacy. Sadly, we are pretty high up there in ignorance. I'm not going to quote stats because, quite frankly, it is too depressing, and especially because I have spent the majority of my life in education. I believe that what I was doing was making a difference and that I can contribute to change. But this is where I feel like I failed. Most importantly, I failed my own children. Both of my children are part of an edu- of education at the very worst time. They are part of a time when all kids are being tested to death. Death sounds pretty dramatic, but in a sense it is death. Death of learning. Death of a love of learning. Death of creativity and passion. Don't get me wrong. I believe that children should be assessed on what they know. I do believe and can it, that can and does drive instructional decisions. However, the frequency and type of testing we are doing to our kids is not truly allowing educators to respond to the information. And it is boxing kids in. It is saying that if you don't think in this one way, you are not worthy. How can we tell our future generation that they are not worthy just because they can't show what they know in the one way that we have deemed important? As most of you know, I recently quit being a teacher about a year and a half ago. 20 years of teaching and I decided as a single mom to quit. I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't be a part of a system that I felt is hurting children. The worst part about it is that I was a good teacher. According to an outrageous evaluation system and high pressure, I was highly effective. But what did that really mean? It means nothing. It means I knew how to play the game very well, but it didn't feel right. 
what I did feel was right. What I did feel was right was the way I made kids feel about themselves. I believed in them, and I saw them, really saw them. However, I couldn't keep playing the game. I had to constantly figure out how to get around the crazy in order to do what was right for kids. That was exhausting and draining, and it left me with very little energy to give my own kids. Meanwhile, my own children were, were failed by the very system to which I had dedicated my life. I have two beautiful souls in which I've been blessed to have had the privilege of raising one tr- child who struggled from the beginning. This system wasn't created for kids like my son. He learns best by doing and moving and problem solving and thinking. Long periods of sitting breaks his spirit and frustrates his brain. So he has been on my radar of helping since he's been in kindergarten. On the other hand, my daughter was good at school. Yes, she had to work hard. However, she excelled. She's a, she graduated with honors, and needless to say, I missed the struggle she was facing. I didn't see how detrimental the testing and boxing in was on her spirit until I had no choice but to see it. She had a 4.2 grade point average. She has over 400 hours of community service. She works really hard, and she was the very and she is the very best person I know. So when she did poorly on the SATs, I was shocked. We both were. Of course, she repeated it and only improved by 10 points. That's when we realized that the time was the factor, the time factor of the test. So once again, it comes down to a test. It was a huge wake-up call for sure, but a wake-up call for both of us. And I've been angry at education. I've been angry at education for a long time. And now the child that I wasn't worried about had been the one to teach me the most. She has confirmed what I have been feeling for the past 10 years. Education is broken. It is hurting our youth and it is leaving our kids feeling like they aren't good enough. And this I cannot accept. Nobody should. The only way we can change the current state of education is from the ground up. Our politicians are not going to do it. We have to stop buying into college and career ready. We have to make a shift to embrace creativity, collaboration, and diversity. That is how we can repair this very broken system. It is our last hope in fixing what is certainly destroying our children. Having said all of that, I would like to share what I've written to my daughter. My hope in sharing this very personal letter is that it ignites something inside someone, that it pushes people to action, or at the very least, it helps you see that there is another way. There are options for our children, and a piece of paper doesn't define them or have to limit them. Our children deserve better and more. I will no longer be a part of the problem. I only hope to be a part of the solution. So for my daughter, Emily, I will share my letter to her. All right, so that was kind of like the beginning part of what I said in my blog post. But this next part is the letter that I actually wrote to Emily. And I do want to say that I feel like I had some ups and downs in education, some really positive, beautiful moments, which I talked about in the welcoming the graduate teachers to the profession with with Andrea that I that was episode 26 and I'll link to that in the show notes that's the part that I remember fondly but there's also parts and the parts with the with the testing and the evaluations and the 
and feeling like there was only one way or told we had to be on the same page at the exact same time, those types of things, I think there has they have to change. When I look at kindergartners throwing chairs in classrooms, threatening to stab kids with scissors, and I'm looking at fifth graders pummeling teachers into the wall, I have to ask myself, why? What's happening? What's happening that we've got young children losing control and, and hurting others. Something is happening. And it's not just the change in society. It is something that is going on on the four walls of our schools. And we have to take this into consideration. So this is what I said to Emily. Dear Emily, let me begin by telling you how amazing I think you are and how proud I am to be your mom. Watching you grow and develop into the most beautiful person on the inside and out has been one of my greatest joys. Your ability to love others and to really see people is a gift that many do not possess. Your work ethic and your determination are remarkable. I've watched you persevere through difficulties and come out on the other side, radiating love and light. I want to tell you that I am thankful that your path will be different. You don't need a piece of paper to tell you your worth. You don't need to be part of a system that is so broken and misguided and lost because you are far better than that system that failed you. A system that asks for differentiation yet standardizes everything. A system that ignores your developmental needs and focuses on the misguided rigor of preparing you for college and career. A system that stifles your creativity and only values you as a number on a test. So you are not getting into college with your 4.2 grade point average and your 400 community service hours is a gift. You no longer have to conform to a system that was created out of fear, conformity, and competition. You are free to be whoever you choose. You are free to create, innovate, visualize, collaborate, and to imagine. It is now okay for you to not know what you want to do. You no longer have to feel bad about not knowing. You can discover it. You can dream it. You can do it. You can find your passion and your gifts. You can find your destiny. I'm sorry that I raised you to believe that college was the only answer. I'm sorry that you came to school with me every day and watched me fight against what I knew was so very wrong for kids. I'm sorry that you had to be a part of the testing and the standardization error of education, a system where children were told that they are a test score, where your teachers are evaluated according to factors that they cannot always control. I know that has impacted you greatly. I know the heaviness you have felt and carried as you knew your educator's salaries depended upon how well you performed on a test. I know you had to witness the achievement charts hung in the room for the world to see where you and your peers were performing. I know you had to believe that they thought that they were doing you a favor by telling you it was to help you achieve your goals. I'm sorry you had to believe that you were less than you are because you don't work as quickly as others. Yet you still succeeded throughout your journey. You overcame the obstacles and you never once gave up. Your advanced classes and your intense schedules only increased your level of commitment and encouraged your drive. But in the end, the test was the one thing that held you back. Because the system in which you have been a part of all comes down to that, the test. Well, my dear daughter, you are not a test. You are a human being. You are a gift to the world. Your energy and your light will shine brighter than any test you take. And I know your life will and does have meaning and value, far greater value than a piece of paper. Your journey will be different. 
Your path will be diverse. You're not meant to be on the road that others walk. It won't look like everybody else's, and for that I am thankful and proud. All the greats failed many, many times before they didn't. It is what you do with this failure that will make the difference. Failure shows up to get us back to where we are supposed to be, back to who we are supposed to be, on your path to fulfilling the destiny you are meant to fulfill. I'm not worried. I believe in you. I know who you are and what you were made of, and I know whose you are. I look forward to watching you go into the world and leaving your mark because you have already left your imprint on all who know and love you. We are better for having known you. I knew you were not mine to keep forever. I knew I was meant to love you, encourage you, and guide you until I was. it was time for you to fly away. The time is quickly approaching. Yes, I am sad, and I wonder how my life will be without your daily presence. However, I know that you will remain a part of me forever. You will always have a home, a place to feel safe and loved. You will always have me rooting you on from afar and believing the very, very best about you and for you. So take the lessons you have learned, and yes, the failures too. Take all of this when you go and live your unique journey to the fullest. Remember that no one system or any one person can tell you who you are and what you are worth because you are beautifully and wonderfully made and there are far better things in store for you. With all my love, mom. So that was a little bit hard to get through. So I want to know what you think. Like, what are your thoughts about this? And and as far as telling kids or making sure that we're getting kids prepared and ready. We we definitely want them to be prepared for life. And we want, if college is their, in their future, then we want them to be ready to go and we want them to feel successful and know that they can be successful. And so I think it makes sense to prepare them. But I don't think that the path has to be for everyone. And I And I just feel like maybe we need to rethink the message we're sending. So I'd like to hear from you. I'd like to hear your thoughts on this subject. And maybe you're facing a future graduate and these kinds of decisions. It's hard, much harder than you think <laughs> if you haven't or if you're not. Anyway, all right. Well, this is a pretty intense episode. Hopefully you got something out of it. And if for nothing else, I hope that we th- all think about how we can best prepare our kids for the future. So that's my challenge to you, is to really think about the message that we're sending kids and what we want exactly for them. And so I really would like to hear from you. So if you're feeling it, go ahead and give me a comment. Give me, write, give me, face, message me on Facebook. Send me an email. Let me know what you're thinking and how you and how you're feeling about the message that we're currently sending and how you're feeling about what we should or should not be sharing with our students. I'd love to hear from you. So give me a shout out on iTunes or wherever you're listening or right on my blog post. If you're, and if you're also feeling it, I'd love for you to review and subscribe to the show so you don't miss a thing. And I promise they're not all as intense as this one. All right. So for now, this one tired teacher is ready for a long snooze. Until next time, sweet dreams and sleep tight.